and welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. It's been a little bit of time in between our last one, obviously trying to work around restrictions and the like, but back for episode nine on a Sunday morning. I'm your host, Ben, joined by Chris. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? What's happening, Pod? I'm just excited to be here on a Sunday morning. It's uh, bright and early. Bright and early at 11.30 a.m. Did you say bright and uh, early? Bright and early. Yeah. Is this not early for you guys? Clever. I tell you what, boys, the NFL season starts, you know, 10th of September. What's that? Five weeks, I reckon. So we're we're just around the corner here and it actually got me thinking. We Most of us are in a redraft league too and that drafts in three or four weeks. But um, have you guys heard anything to do with that redraft league? Like any, any keeper lists or... Any, any details at all on that draft? Not a lot. I, um, In anticipation, actually, I messaged the commissioner of that league to just get some information, and um, he just left this as a voicemail. <laughs> well, to, to be fair to the commissioner, he has been in New Zealand for the best part of 33 years or however <laughs> old he is. <laughs> He's a busy man. He's on holiday all the time. Can only do that'll, that'll one, well. one thing at a time, that bloke. <laughs> Multitasking. Not his strong suit. All right. Well, as you said, mate, not that long till the season kicks off. Um, so this episode really is just going to be a bit of going uh, around the league, covering what's been happening for our teams for the NFL and a little bit of um, ranking from the league as well, just to really get the juices going. But let's uh, let's start it off with some news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. Well, is there some news going on? I think it's got to uh, probably the first bit of news that we need to cover is that the self-imposed trade ban from our very own Michael Cummins, has been lifted. It's the 1st of August, boys. Uh, so, Cummo. Wowie. Did you realise that it uh, this date had come around? Really? Nice. Oh, well, he's he just hangs in the background of every podcast. I don't even know how he does it. Yeah. Amazing. How do you I'm do it, Cummo? To be here. Yeah, I can't really explain that. Someone else's house. It's and I bring it up that the trade ban's been lifted. I'm not exaggerating that at 12:01 on the 1st of August, I had a trade request just pop up on my sleeper alert there from one Michael Cummins. Is there any truth that the league is uh, just driving the dagger into Camo's back and is just refusing to deal with him after the ban has been lifted? <laughs> Can you confirm that? Well, I mean, I I. I haven't, I haven't counted the trade. I haven't declined it. I've just left it hanging there. You know, when someone, when an addict has a problem, you know, sometimes even after a self-imposed ban, they they really just can't help themselves. And Camo, we're just looking out for your well-being, mate. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Is that a serious question? <laughs> Well, I mean, Camo, you know, when you have an addiction, it's always important to start with yourself. Um, but I think now the league has imposed a ban on him. So we'll see how long he lasts. But that was uh, that was some league news. How about some NFL news, Benny? Where do we start? Oh, probably got to start with the biggest injury, don't we? 
Yeah. All right. Let's kick it off. So Cam Akers, um, this is a huge loss for both the Rams and the DFF or the DDF. The DDF. Um, what it was, he was the darling of the off season. I thought he's, he was yep. shaping up for a huge season. Um, and instead he has suffered arguably the worst injury a young running back can cop. Uh, we've seen a real, um, tough time coming back from this injury with young running backs in the past. 25% have not started at the position again following the injury um, and 50% suffer another major, uh, major, major injury following the Achilles on that same side. So just a couple of injury stats there. Um, and then for those um, in the league that couldn't work that out, that 25% is one in four players and 52 <laughs> in four. So um, it's not, it's a bleak outlook. One in two. It's a bleak outlook, that's for sure. Yeah, what, do, not, what do we think? Um, what do we think of Daryl Henderson sliding in? What, what's your take on that, Ben? Yeah, I think quite fortuitous for Matty Mack, who traded for Daryl Henderson. And then um, I'm sure he was just thinking that probably getting a bit of coverage there because. I don't know, there was a lot of hype on Cam Akers, so maybe Matt was thinking that he could get potentially the equal running back in that backfield at a bargain, and now it's turned out to be an absolute bargain. I I think with Daryl Henderson, an interesting question, and I might pose it to you guys. If you were the Daryl Henderson owner, would you be hanging on to him now that his value has peaked to possibly its highest value, or would you look to maybe just shop him around a bit? What do you reckon? Yeah, it's um, it's always an interesting one for me. It's probably, I'd I'd have a value in mind that I would I would do the deal for Henderson for, uh, but at, at the same time you don't want to just give him away for a third yeah. rounder just because you're worried that something might come in. So, fine balancing act. Obviously, Matt's got him. Um, Maddie Max got him on his team, so it'd be interesting to see if he's tried to throw him out there to any any contending teams or if he's happy to hold on to him and hope that the Rams don't do anything and then all of a sudden he's got a potential RB1 on his hands again. Well, I think, you know, the art of Dynasty is always trying to trade an asset out at their highest peak, but I think this one really depends on where your list is at. So if you're a contender, I'd be holding on to him because he's a, a vital piece um, to that year. But if you're sort of middle of the road or you're down the other end, I think, I think there's a, a great opportunity there to sell while he's high, while he's high. But um, interestingly, last year, Henderson and Cam Akers, I know Akers had that big 29-carry game, which I think everyone fell in love with, what the possibilities could look like. But they were very similar in stats and efficiency when both were on the field. So um, I think he's a pretty handy back, Henderson. It'll just be interesting to see um, how much did uh, old mate go for. I think it was pretty high. Um, the bid for is it Jones, Xavier Jones? Or so, yeah, Jones I think, yeah. I think yeah. Steph put about an eighty-four dollar bid in or something like that. I think he was clearly yeah. just looking to get coverage, coverage, which yeah. is good. And that's the way um, you probably should use your fab. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kenny, well, what what would you um what would you do as the Acres owner? Well, that's that's a good segue because you talk about um you know Henderson currently being on a what we think should be a contending team. On the flip side, you look at kind of what Steph has to go through right now. His team's probably not in the contending stage. Um, he's probably more looking to contend in the next two or three years. Um, so with someone like Akers, like, is it something that you, you look to trade at, given those stats that you just uh, rattled off before, Hodge, just the recovery rate from an Achilles is so low. 
um, and and what would you what would you settle for? Um, it's it's an interesting one that Steph's going to have to go through. Does he just not hold his nerve and say, "No, nah, I'll back him in to to bounce back," and and maybe he just sits back and has a look at how Mar- Marlon Mack goes this year because that's kind of like a real life example for him to draw on this year. Um, mm. And and maybe towards the end of the year, maybe he he decides whether he holds on to him or or sells him off to a contender potentially. Mm. Well, you did um you did say Steph might have to think about that. Ha- has he already thought about it? Because I've got a little message here from the DDF himself, and he was very adamant that I get this on air. And it's as always with him, it's a very well thought out, you know, very calculated, detailed message. It just says. Ben, you've got the worst negotiation skills he's ever seen over and out. <laughs> so, Ben, can you reveal what what he is referring to? You mean when when the DDF reaches out to a person for a trade and then gets pissy when they don't just do what he wanted? Is that is that how bad <laughs> negotiation skills work? Is it DDF? Um, yeah, I can. He reached out for a player. And offered a fourth round pick, which means fuck all to me as a contending Must team. Be a good player. It was a great player. Um, yeah, and I, as a back and forth, how most trades work, and as someone who has completed a few trades in this league, I think that I have a feel for how a back and forth works in a trade negotiation DDF. Um, and apparently, just, you know, putting out interest is not how the DDF works. He just wants his way or the highway. So it's it's an interesting negotiation tactic if we are going to go down this path as the person, and I'll remind everyone who's listening, the person who reached out to me, we'll, we'll put that out there. I'm happily sitting there with, with the players that I've got. He's reached out to me. I haven't agreed with what he wanted. Um, and then when talking about a player, he uh, I threw out a player's name and he just responded with, sorry, who? And left it at that. And I went, okay, that's that's an interesting way to, to navigate through a trade. So, look, it's fair to say that um, Steph got annoyed that things just didn't go the way that he wanted in that negotiation. And that's fine. I'll, I won't um, reach out to the DDF anytime soon for a trade if that's how it goes. So you're saying it was a lousy back and forth between the two of you? Absolutely. It's disappointing. <laughs> Kenny, move us on from this, please. No, well, I was just going to throw one out without much notice here, but just full disclosure, after the Acres injury, I actually offered Steph a second rounder for Acres. What are your thoughts on that, Hod? And do you think he'll ever get better value than that going forward? It was quickly, quickly rejected, by the way. How um, how quickly after the news did you do this, Less Kenny? than uh, an hour. <laughs> oh, give the man a break. He's going through mourning. Of course he rejected it. He's my competitor. I just wanted to get under his skin more than anything. Well, clearly. Is there any, clearly you got under his skin. Is there any truth, Keeney, that you may have offered him six first rounds for Clyde Edwards before last year's season? That is true. <laughs> was that even considered as an option from him? No. Nah, yeah. That was a no. So there's six a, first rounders. So wow. listen out, DDF, because I know you're listening and you're probably time stamping exactly when we're talking about you like you always do. There's a clear In pattern here that... Unless you have thought of the trade, you don't even want a bar of it. So maybe just look in, you know, sometimes we have to look in at ourselves a little bit and maybe that's where your negotiation tactics are, are flailing. But uh, let's keep moving because I yeah, think 
Keeney, let's, let's let's move, move on, on to the next player of interest. The next piece of the next piece of news, and thank the Lord, the Aaron Rodgers saga is finally over. Um, he's back, and who would have thought it? All it took was the addition of Randall Cobb back to the Packers. <laughs> they want to roll it all back for that one last dance sort of set up down at Green Bay. I tell you what, though, we got to straight away. We got to kind of get our heads around what that means for fantasy, um, and obviously it helps the likes of Jim, Scoot and Papa, who have Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Robert Tonyan in there as well, obviously. And, and obviously Jim's got Rogers himself. So big result for those four guys in particular. But what do we think? Um, do we think kind of the pack can go full nuclear on offense this year? One would think they probably will. And it, it could be a kind of pissed off Aaron Rodgers who just um, throws a ton of touchdowns. But then you look at what he did last year. He threw 48. I don't know how much, how much higher they can go. Yeah, well, I mean, you were throwing out some stats earlier, Keeney. I think it was 29 touchdowns he threw inside the 10-yard line or something yeah. ridiculous. So that was obviously with a chip on his shoulder with with what's going on there and, and the Jordan Love saga, I think. But I also think um, when we are looking at regression, most likely for that, I think Rogers is one of those guys who really does carry a chip. And I think I think he still will go around and have a very good year again. Now, we need to clear up this contract because I read it as it's a one-year deal. So um, just hypothetically, if that is the case and, and he's on his way out again, uh, I think he will have another very solid year. But what do you reckon, Ben? I think that the fact that he's gone back to run it back for one more year, I, I think it will be one more year, just the way that everything's gone. Um, so that being said, I mean, he sort of joked last year, didn't he, that he wasn't really listening to the play calling and just made up his own decisions in the huddle. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing that shit again this year and just doing everything to make him and possibly his receivers who are also free agents. Isn't Adams a free agent at the end of this year as well? He hasn't signed anything. Mm -hmm. So who knows? I I reckon he's just going to try and make himself look as good as possible um, and then be out. Yeah. And, you know, he's asking for the decision-making in the front office. And if he can't get that, well, then he'll just do it on the field. So mm. I think I think it's great for all of the Green Bay guys, uh, especially especially Aaron Jones. Um, obviously, having Rodgers back there takes some attention off him. And we might talk a bit about that um, in this next segment, actually. What a segue, Ben. What a segue. Carson Wentz goes down with an injury. So just when, you know, he looked like he was on his way up from a disappointing last couple of years, um, and Jim in particular, who catches the Aaron Rodgers break, he then goes back a step with Carson Wentz as his QB. Um, What's the official report? It's a foot injury. Have they come out with any more detail on that? No, none as yet. But the concerning part is that, Surgery has been talked about, and they are talk- calling it a minor procedure. But anytime surgery is talked about, it means it's a significant injury. And we touched on it last year with Debo Samuel. Anything with feet mm. is really concerning. So I don't think it's just a matter of rest and he'll get back. He, If he does it that way, he will be lingering all year, which is troubling. And if he goes for surgery, he'll be out for a significant time. So... It's not ideal at all. Yeah, very, very stiff there for not only Jim being the Wentz owner, but also yourself, Hod, as a Colts fan because he was looking to be a pretty nice addition to what is already a pretty good 
roster that they've got there. So what is it? Brett Hunley they got in, and who's your backup? Jacob Eason. Eason? Jacob Eason of the DDF. The DDFs. Ooh, will he bring him off the taxi squad? Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll wait and what see. Or, or the wild card is Captain Sam Ellinger, who yeah. the reigning champ Jake just, just yeah. snuck off free agency not not recently either, a little while ago. I would love to know where that has come from. Is is he a Texas fan that we don't know about? I just it was a it was a strange pickup from free agency at the time, but you know he's the reigning champ and. For a reason, maybe yeah. he just knows. He knows. Mm. When you know, you know. All right. Well, he definitely knows. Ironically, Jim's actually quite deep at the QB position now. After kind of he tra- he got in Hurts, and then he's drafted field. So he's actually compared to last year, he can probably recover from that okay if, if it's not you know too career threatening. If he just has to get by for the first ten weeks or so, mm. he's going to be all right. Mm. Yep, handy to have depth, isn't it? <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> it is. Um, all right, what about another QB, Keeney? Well, this, this piqued my interest because, yes, I, uh, I was a part of a trade in the off-season to one division rival, one Papa Punisher, the big Punisher himself. It just caught my eye. His, uh, his current QB two and really the only other QB outside of Old Balls Brady that he has um, apparently put in a brutal third practice on the weekend. Now, we, we know we, we don't like to overreact to these things, Ben, but when Big Danny Dimes apparently struggled mightily in his team's third training camp practice, he looked out of sync with a few of his top receivers and was brutal, and there was nothing really positive to take away from his performance. As the holder of Papa's first rounder, it got me a little bit giddy. What are your thoughts? Giddy up. That's my thoughts. Um, I think the Giants are going to be talked about an awful lot on this year's pod. And that's not because the host um, loves them, obviously. But there's just a lot of um, ramifications going on. And and my attention immediately turns to this Barkley bet. Um, And is, is he in trouble? Because I also saw some report that... PFF has released their offensive line rankings and the Giants came in at 32 for their projection this year. And that's before they just lost their starting left guard. I, you might be able to confirm, Ben, but it was not pretty. He got carted off practice field two days ago, but he he started a lot of games for them last year. So maybe you can talk us through. Is, is Barkley in trouble? Um, Especially with Danny Dimes stinking it up. Yeah, well... A, a, a running back coming off a knee injury, you want as much protection as possible. So having, yeah, it was a young offensive line anyway last year. So having any f- part of experience go down with what looks like to be a season-long injury is not good. So I don't know, ranked 32 is a little bit rough, I would have thought, but who knows? I, I think there's some good players sprinkled in there. But once again, it's the inexperience. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not confident as a Giants fan that, that our offensive line will be amazing. I just hope that Barkley doesn't get hit behind the line of scrimmage too often this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the key stats with offensive line, how many times a running back is hit behind the line of scrimmage. But I, I, I really don't know how they come up with these ratings. I think it's a, it's a cohesive unit. Um, they can just click at any time. 
when they're all um, firing together and I'm yeah. sure they go off individual rating systems to come up with these projections. But what we have left off the rundown is another piece of news. And it's a piece of news that may have got the host here a little bit excited. It didn't Nick Chubb get a bit oh. of a, get a contract extension. And let me tell you, that is not the only extension that's going on on this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> He did. Three-year... Well, it's it's an agreement in principle, it says at this point, but that sounds pretty solid when there's numbers around it. Three-year extension, $36.6 million, $20 million guaranteed. It's an interesting one because you were even reeling off some running back stats, Hod, that the number nine running back on the season last year was Chubb and the number 10 was Kareem Hunt. So they are sustaining two RB1s in their lineup there and... How many more years does Kareem Hunt... He signed his deal last year. Wasn't that a three-year extension or something? It was two. Two yeah, years. Two guaranteed, yep. Okay. So this year is his last one on that, or has he got one more? Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that, Barry. All right. <laughs> but either way, interesting to know what's going to happen beyond this year in Cleveland with those running backs. Well, we can lock, we can lock in a an agreement in principle because I have an agreement in principle to be the highest paid uh, host on this podcast. And that's come to fruition after the big year last year. So you can lock it in, Benny. Chubb, cash it in. Cash it all the way to the bank. All right. Well, enough of the league news because that's uh, probably not why people have tuned in. I reckon what they have tuned in for is a little bit of the league rankings. That's the power of love. Yeah, so we've gone through um, what was probably a controversial power ranking of um, the actual teams in the league, which wasn't well received by some people, as we found out in the last pod. But this one is going through each position in the league and and really rounding out what each person thought their top five players in each position for the upcoming season would be. So some interesting takeaways, wasn't there, guys, when we looked at the um, the results, some consistency in some spots, some mixed results in other ones. What, Keeney, for you, the quarterbacks, let's start there. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, uh, biggest takeaway probably, aside from, um, I think we know that Mahomes is the clear number one, but there was just a lot of um, probably, I think there was 13 or 14 names there um, that came into top five calculations according to our league. I just thought one that was interesting that probably didn't get too many votes um, was Joe Burrow. Now, he got two QB5 votes, but I just think he's one that um, personally I think could launch into into the top five this year. Obviously, um, they've surrounded him with more weapons, um, you know, going with Chase over Sewell uh, in the draft. Obviously, it's a bit of a risk coming off the ACL, but clearly I think the Bengals' intentions to be a pretty high-powered offense are clear. Um, and I, I just think he's one that um, could just go nuts this year. I just think he's a bolter, um, and and one of those second-year QBs. Yeah, Noah, one of those second-year QBs that have um, historically kind of bounced in their second year. These these QBs kind of come from that pack. Mm-hmm. Um, you think Mahomes in his second year, Jackson in his second year, etc. Kyler Murray. So you're calling um, MVP? So he's Is that what you want? That's what you're calling for an MVP season. Well, it's happened the last two or three years, so I, it's I don't not think it's out of the realm. Out so the ACL realm. is a problem, but um, he's obviously not as uh, you know he doesn't take off and run as much as the other guys. But um, 
Yeah, it's it's happened. That that leap from year one to year two happens quite a lot. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about injuries. The ACL is, you know, it's it's one that you can come back from, and especially at the quarterback position. And um, it's a he's a very exciting prospect. I think in that Cincy off- offense, you detailed the amount of weapons, and it it all. The be all or end all is the diamond in the rough with Auden Tate there. Just wait for him. <laughs> Just wait for him to get an opportunity. CJ Ozuma. Talk about extension. Now, what we what we might do actually before we go through our thoughts, let's rattle off the consensus top five, shall we? So I'll just yes. quickly do that no, before idea, I um, go into mine. But Mahomes was number one, obviously. Um, Lamar comes in at number two. Um, Kyler at number three. Josh Allen at number four, and Prescott back from injury. That seems to be the theme of the quarterbacks at number five. So mm. Allen is uh, Allen is my topic here. This is the number one quarterback on the league on the year last year, fantasy-wise. And he was not voted in the top five by five league members, which is bizarre to me. I'm, I'm obviously very high on him. Um, but the number one court, yeah, sorry, number one quarterback last year, they, they haven't brought in a goal line back still, which I think is a big part of Josh Allen's fantasy upside is his rushing ability. But what do you think, Keeney? I'll, I'll point it to you. Do you think his season last year was an outlier or is this something we can come to expect that he's a fantasy juggernaut for years well, to come? Yeah, it's it, he's fascinating for me. Like, I just think his, his range of outcomes is enormous. Um, yeah, based off based off last year, he's at every right to be in the top three conversation again, and and for many years going forward. Um, I just look back to, yeah, you, you talk about outliers. I just look back to kind of his his college um, completion percentage. You listen to this: he's two years in college, fifty six percent, fifty six percent. Then his first year in the NFL, fifty three percent. Then his second year in the NFL, fifty nine percent. And then last year, a very nice sixty nine percent completion percentage. Hello. Now. I yeah, very nice. Boing. I haven't um <laughs> just just on the surface, that to me looks like that could dip back down to what Ooh, his career yep. rate is. But as you mentioned, like if he continues to get carries inside the ten yard line, there's nothing stopping his fantasy um scoring ability. So that's the key for me. Um his his completion percentage may come down, which may limit his TDs in the air, but if he's getting ten touchdowns on ten touchdowns on the ground every year, well, he's going to be a top five QB. Yeah, I I understand the concern for a, a regression. Obviously, based off like you said, it sort of is an outlier season. But I think the recipe for why he had success last year is still there, which is why I still had him in my top five. I'm uh, I'm pretty confident on Josh Allen, and I'd be pretty happy if I had him like Matt does. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly, just looking at it, I'm, I'm going to jump to my standout there, and it's a name I haven't mentioned in a while, Lamar, oh. who came in at number two. And I thought that was an interesting one because, you know, it was fair to say that where I drafted him and where he went in our startup as the QB2, he didn't produce last year. Um, but as a consensus has come in as the QB2 by the league. So he finished as QB10 last year. Um for yeah, I mean, after an MVP season, that's a fair drop off. But I guess with anyone who has an MVP season, it's pretty hard to maintain that. What do you reckon, guys? What I mean, did you vote him fairly high? He's he's coming at number two there. What were your thoughts? Um, I actually just checked that. I didn't have him in my top five. There you um, go. But Ooh. I'm I'm no 
I mean, I haven't been shy about my thoughts on Lamar um, in the past on this pod. I really worry about his him holding up um, the way he plays. I think he's um, one injury away from not being the same player. Um, and I obviously wouldn't wish that at all, but I just have that concern always when I'm thinking about him, similar to what RG3 went to. Um, I think they're obviously a, a lot more careful with him as the franchise guy, um, mm. but the, it's the accuracy that really concerns me. So I think I think to be where he is, he has to maintain his elite running ability, but also tie that in with the throwing ability like Kyler did last year. And I just don't know for me whether he can consistently do that. Yep. Any thoughts, Kenny? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not as concerned uh, with. Lamar, um, big fan of Rashad Bateman, who they added um, in the draft, and even Tylen Wallace as a as a deeper threat. So I think their their offensive their offense around um, those guys, Sammy Watkins is there as well. So I think they've got mm. a bit more firepower um, alongside Mark Andrews as well in that offense to go with their um, high rushing upside as well. I just think it kind of keeps the defense a little bit more honest, um, and I think their offense is going to be really good. Um, I don't have a huge concern with Lamar. I put him number two. Um, I'd love to own him in Dynasty as well. Oh, well, <laughs> um, send me a so, message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. He had a he had a couple of number one votes as well, which I, I found pretty interesting. So, you know, it is a little bit of a mixed bag, but um, this is just for the upcoming season as well. So I think that's where it's a bit hard to think in a Dynasty point of view. You're obviously looking as far ahead as you can sometimes as well, but this is really just for this coming season. Keeney. And, and I will mention, it'd be remiss of me not to mention that Camo, if you're listening, and I know you are, mate, don't worry, Herbert came in at number six. And yes, he's a big chance to be that year two MVP type of player. I know that whilst it's been a tough month for you, I, I, I find comfort in the fact that you've just been watching his training videos on loop for the last month and just maybe having a box of tissues next to you whilst doing so. So there you what go, mate. He was number for? six. Are they happy tissues? Or sad. <laughs> well, you know, we know that Camo is listening, and and we're, no, I think he's pretty happy with that, isn't he? Thanks, did you guys. See, did, just quietly, did you see the latest um, video of that throw that where he just like flicks it to the back of the the end zone from like sixty yards yeah. out? Have you seen that? It's stupid. Very oh, very mate, stupid. He is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's move to the running backs and our top five that came out here. CMC number one, Dalvin Cook number two. Kamara at number three. No real surprises there, I would have thought. Number four was JT, the young buck, coming up at the number four pick there. And number five, Derek Henry. Um, so probably, I mean, my biggest takeaway from this, even when you're looking at sort of the numbers that we put towards this as well, there's really no doubts with CMC bouncing back from the ordinary season he had last year. He's a clearly defined number one here. There's a fair drop between him and Cook as well. Um with the rest of the league. So it's a pretty easy one for me, I think. CMC uh, to bounce back seems pretty confident with everyone. Well, what's not easy is to for us to judge Jonathan Taylor at number four, given that I think this was done pre-Wentz injury. Mm. So if this That's true. this is obviously going to have a, a massive... Um, Massive implications on Taylor if, if, you know, it's obviously a super strong offensive line there anyway um, for him to run behind, but it just does allow um, for defenses to stack the box and, and push us in the air. And who knows who's behind center to do that. 
So that is definitely a um, concern. But the most alarming thing for JT is Madden ratings, boys. Have you seen these? Yeah. This mockery. They have rated Marlon Mack, who's a very good back. You, you know, they've given him the credit that he deserved before the injury, 2,000 yard seasons. But they've rated him at 84 and JT at 83. And JT is a consensus top five running back in most fantasy drafts for the coming year. I, I'm astounded by that. What are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is they're clearly not concerned about the Achilles injury. So maybe that's good for Cam Akers. Let's yeah. go forward. Um, so he should be he's back to his virtual best on Madden <laughs> in 2021. Uh, it's, something's gone wrong there, surely. Yeah, they adjust those rankings regularly. I, I can't see that staying that way for very long. That's a bit ridiculous. Mm. Keeney, what's your takeaway? Well, apart from, I'll just add a little bonus one. Poor Derek Henry. I mean, what, what more does the bloke have to do <laughs> to be like his fifth? Like the guy's a machine. I don't know. I think people are just trying to pick pick the new and exciting running back, but that guy's a machine. My um, The one I am most interested in, as we've kind of touched already, is just that little wager I've got with Pappas Punishers on Barkley being a top five running back now. Obviously, there's been a little bit of news come out uh, that he's starting on the on the pup list, which isn't a massive surprise, but it just means that he's they're going to be pretty conservative with him. I think there's a chance he'll miss the first week, maybe the second week as well. But um, just looking at how people have voted with um, Barkley being a top five running back, I can tell you that only three of the twelve league members have him in the top five Ooh. according to these votes. So, and one of them was Papa. So, I'm feeling pretty comfortable and going to enjoy that little shiraz when it comes my way. At the it's end already of the called year. it. Thank you. Already oh, called yeah. it. Interesting. No it's funny that um, when when the league opinions back up your views, you're all for it, but yeah. when they disagree yeah. strongly with your views, it's just the <laughs> yeah, league exactly. members, what do they yeah. know? No, you, you've nailed that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Hod's just coming out with the 30 seconds ranked O-line. The league agrees with me. We're coming up Millhouse. <laughs> well, they're they're all objective stats, Keeney. This this mythical running wine bet that this league has. Oh, yeah, true. I think that's very subjective view of you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move it to wide receivers, Keeney. Run us through. Hold on. Uh, yep. Oh yeah, Ben, you've already touched on old Sam. So, oh yeah, I have talk about the wide receivers. Now, <laughs> we didn't give Herbert a heap of love, but Camo, he's number one man. Keenan Allen, I'm surprised that Keenan Allen was only got three votes in this one. So what did he have? A, a couple, a five and a four, I reckon. I just think he's criminally underrated year in, year out, Keenan Allen. Um, he's an amazing route runner. He's got the up-and-coming Justin Herbert on his side. And I'll tell you what, they've brought in Joe Lombardi the, as the offensive coordinator. He's been working under Sean Payton for the last five years. I think this offense could be quite creative and quite impactful this year could definitely be a top three offense and if that is the case i can see keenan allen being one of those kind of older guys but one of those guys that just consistently um is thereabouts and he could definitely have a top five season like 14 15 touchdowns definitely in the realms well let's hope for camo's sake that it is an impactful season because he owns every bloody (laughs) fantasy option and he's just dabbled again yesterday he's picked up who was it? I picked Tyler up Johnson. Player he dropped, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Why hey, Ben, do you want to go through the actual votes here? Sorry, yeah, I, really I thought, yeah, so you've jumped straight into the... Um, oh, well. Into the Keenan Allen, but that's all right. Why not? Uh, yeah, so it was Adams coming in at number one, Tyreek Hill number two, Diggs three, Hopkins four, and AJ Brown at number five there. Yeah, so like my point here on the wide receivers is not about a particular player, but it's it's around that five, the consensus, and it's definitely the most consistent position Um relaying across from last year because four of the top five in our consensus finished in the top five point scorers last year. Only one, which was AJ Brown, who's four in our consensus and finished 12th, I believe, but he missed two games. So you're basically just swapping Calvin Ridley, who finished sixth in ours, and he finished fourth in total points last year. So it's a, I think I think our projections and expectations on the wide receivers are pretty unison amongst the league and i think that wide receiver position just speaks to that because it is probably the most predictable Mm. it also probably has the biggest drop off after the first two as well in terms of sort of our ranking so there's Mm. some clearly defined tiers there um yeah mine for me is just looking at where dk metcalf finished up so he's come in at what's that eighth in our rankings here um on the back of only two people voting for Metcalf as well. So he's got a mixed bag. He's got a lot of people that didn't have him in the top five, someone who's had him at the number one spot, someone that's had him at the number five spot. Um, I think that's sort of indicative of DK Metcalf. It's very hard to try and predict what his season will look like. He had an amazing start last year, looked absolutely unstoppable, looked like one of the best pickups possibly in the startup, and then faded out in the second half of the year. And I guess that's that unpredictable nature of Seattle. Are they going to, you know, let Russell throw it? Are they going to back the run in like they did in the second half of the year and what has sort of been their style? So I'm finding that one a really interesting position to look at. Just uh, jog my memory. Just thinking of that when you're running through Metcalf, didn't he come out and say after the end of the season that he was a bit disappointed in his route tree? and saying that cornerbacks worked it out because of how minimal um, minimal routes that he runs. So I think perhaps he might have had a big off-season in that area and just to expand um, mm. the options that they could put in the playbook for him rather than just utilising his speed and his go route. obviously power. Yeah. Mm. Now, Ben, you've obviously had the privilege of looking through all the results um, and the individual results, which we aren't privy to. Would you say that there's um, a high correlation between fantasy owners of a particular player and where they were lodged on their voting? There's definitely um, there's some patterns that emerge in terms of maybe what team the person goes for in real life and, and what fantasy uh, players they also have on their roster. There's definitely some patterns that emerge throughout. Now, I'm smelling something here. Just unpack this for the viewers a bit more. What are you alluding to here? Um, well, I think, yeah, I mean, well, look, there's one Green Bay fan <laughs> in the league and there's some consistent what? Green Bay players that appeared on that person's list in all positions. Really? What I was hoping Every for, position. when I said unpack or pack, <laughs> I was hoping for 
the Woolworths clerk that does it for you, not the Aldi bag that you scrummage everything in yourself, Ben. Tell us who it is. No, I'm not going to... Because it's the whole beauty of voting is that people give their honest opinion, we feed it back, but I'm not going to reveal um, individual voters and, and the things that they put in, much like I didn't reveal who put Metcalf at number one and five. So read into that what you will if they happen to be the fantasy owner... Or go for Seattle. I don't know. Have we got anyone in the league that goes for Seattle? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, oh, let's, oh let's finish with tight ends. Um, I'll, I'll go through the top five and then Hod kick us off with your thoughts. But Kelsey, number one. Kittle, number two. Waller, number three. Hawkinson, four. And Mark Andrews rounding out number five there. Oh, sorry. Just, just having... The words finish and tight end in the same sentence gets me going every Good time. Good place to finish, normally. Yeah. Um, oh well, speaking of, Mandrews is my is my uh, topic for debate here. How can Mandrews get into this top echelon of tight ends here with Kelsey Kittle and Waller? I'll tell you how. Baltimore investing heavily into the wide receiver position, uh, both in the draft and free agency, I reckon. Bateman and Wallace. Bateman, obviously, a very high pick. A lot of um, league members are pretty high on him. Um, Wallace is also a handy receiver that slipped, I think, to the third or fourth round. But they've also brought in Sammy Watkins. Make of him what you want. But it's still it's still adding to that room. I think Hollywood was a bit stretched in what they could do last year. Um, and they only had Miles Boykin as well. So I think... The, I think the thought behind this is getting stronger on the outside really will open up the middle for mm. Andrews um, and for Lamar there. So he's still the number one target unanimously. Um, he will lead the team in targets, I think. Um, and he has to remain ultra efficient. He always has been. And I think for that um, tandem, Lamar into Andrews, I think that has to remain. And touchdown progression. He had seven only last year and 10 the year before. So there is room for touchdown um, progression there. Is it progression or regression, Ben? I, I never... Well, this is the thing that shits that me when I listen positive to regression. other podcasts where they say positive regression, which if you break down what that actually means is the opposite of regression, which I thought there was a word that already existed for that and that was progression. But um, anyway, that's... Uh, that's for the language podcast that I produce on the side that I can have that debate for. <laughs> well, there's the case for you, Manny. That's how the newly acquired Mandrews is jumping up this year. Yeah, I like it. And and uh, Ben, I'll make the case for a third-year tight end that may be on your roster. TJ Hawkinson would be mine that I think can get into that um, top echelon of tight end. And for me, it's a pretty simple piece of analysis here. You look at kind of the wide receiver room in Detroit this year. We've got Brashad Perryman, Quintus Cephas, and say Geronimo Allison. There's just nothing there. Um, and we look at kind of all, what you need to target from a tight end is you just need those targets. Kelsey and Waller last year, 145 targets each. Hawkinson, 101. Can he get that up into the 140 target range and, and announce himself as a top three tight end? I think definitely in the realm of possibilities um, and I can see him kind of being the number one guy there, the the safety valve for Jared Goff in this offense. Um, and I think they'll be throwing a fair bit. Um, so I like him as a, as a top three option this year. Nice. I like him too. Nice. 
Hodge, any thoughts on that or move on? I think you summed it up best <laughs> in one word. <laughs> nice. Uh, my interesting look, I'm looking outside the top five here and there's a guy who's just on the cusp at number six, the cuspies, uh, and that is one rookie Kyle Pitts. And I think... <sighs> <laughs> I think uh, he's a very intriguing player for this year because he could literally be anything. I mean, it's widely known that that tight ends take a while to come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> keep your mind out of the gutter, Hod. Um, yeah, and but there's so much hype. He's probably one of the most hyped players that's come into the league as well. And... <laughs> <laughs> These two have lost it. You put you put tight end and come on back to back in a sentence. <laughs> and, back. and Hod comes undone. <laughs> anyway, my point is that Kyle Pitts goes into an offense that loses Julio Jones, so targets are there. It's just him and Ridley really in terms of um you know, the dominant receivers there, and we've got a quarterback there who loves to throw to the tight end, which he has done over the years. So he he could be anything, really, and I reckon he's a sneaky, sneaky chance to really fall into that top five. What do you think as the owner, Keeney? Uh, yeah, it'd be nice. I'm not expecting um, huge things, just because just of history tells you it's so hard for a rookie tight end to be relevant in year one, but maybe he's an outlier, um, and maybe he just commands a fair share of the offense and he plays more as a wide receiver and that's that's his chance. So. I thought um I thought Cole Komet was very relevant last year and has laid a foundation for what tight ends can be in year one. Exactly my point. He definitely <laughs> laid something. Um <laughs> all right. Well we'll 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 move on to a new segment here that we've got. It's called uh <laughs> what have you called it, Hod? The Tiny Genius Minds Combined once again. Oh, I've gone the wrong song. Please. This is we're talking oh, about tight ends again. Talking about yeah. I've gone with a bit of Bobby Broom there, but that's that's not what I wanted. Bobby Broom, I haven't heard him in a while. Just sweeping him out of the closet. Oh, oh apologies, goodness. listeners, but uh, this is this segment's gone off without a hitch, hasn't it? This is. Uh, a new segment that I'll get right called Tiny Genius Minds Combine. <laughs> and this is already going to be an ongoing segment, clearly, with how smooth it's gone. But uh, <laughs> really, Tiny Genius Minds, I think. We'll, we've just kind of looked through the results from the 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 voting there from the league and one thing that really stood out to me Hod was there were two league members who clearly think very alike it's almost like they were in the same room or maybe just their their brains are so in sync in how that they uh, approach and think about things who do you reckon I might be referring to I would guess after that intro that it's Bobby Broom and Benny Hill <laughs> <laughs> near enough. The Benny Hill, it's it's the DDF and the Bayside Executioners. They are eerily similar in the way that they think. Would you like to how hear? Do you think, how do you think the Bayside Executioner owner is going to feel about that? 
Well, it might just be news compared. to him. I mean, he, he seems to pot the DDF at every chance he can get, but um, he might hold back now that he's starting to realise that he's got similar thinking patterns to him. I don't know. But <laughs> looking through this, the only two blokes not to have Tyreek Hill in their uh, wide receiver top five. Interesting. That is ludicrous. Interesting. So they, they think alike there. Um, they were the only two blokes that took the piss out of the actual voting for that number five spot, and that was um, either <laughs> Scoot just putting the same name down every single time, which we'll get into it a little bit later, and then Steph just putting uh, some ludicrous players that he owns, such as Lavishka Chenault <laughs> as the number five <laughs> wide receiver on the season. Um, what's another thing they have? They both think that Dak Prescott is better than Carson Wentz, which is which is an interesting takeaway. Um, and both of them seem to make wine bets every year and never pay up on any of them. So just a lot in common, really. Any uh, any thoughts on that, Hod? No, I think they're two eerily similar men um, that look like each other, quite frankly. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> <laughs> and I love saying that because the DDF is never short of a compliment about old skinhead Scoot. <laughs> so... It's it's interesting that they look like each other. What do you think, Keeney? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can add a heap more. But if I can make another another wine bet that won't get paid out with Steph, if you think Lavishka is <laughs> going to be ahead of Tyreek, I'm I'm here for it, mate. <laughs> well, it's it's nice to nice to see the evolution for the DDF with his mythical um, bet placements. It it did used to be large caramel Sundays, and he's now a sophisticated adult. But, it does bottle of wine. A bottle of wine. So. What a sidestep that is. <laughs> Caramel Sunday to a bottle of wine. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Another uh, another week in the books. Um, just some interesting takeaways, so, I think, there. Go on. What, what, what were you referring to with um, Scoot taking the piss at the number five spot in each position? Yeah. Ex- can you expand on All that, All right. Please? I'll expand. So... I mean, he's gone ahead, and I did say I won't reveal sort of how people individually voted, but I think when you're taking the piss um, that you call for it to be revealed. And that was, we went through Scoot's number five QB. He's put down Brody Hoddick. He's number five running back. He's put down Brody Hoddick. He's number five wide receiver. He's put down Brody Hoddick. And he's number five tight end. Have a guess who he put down. Brody Hoddick. No, he put in Robert Tot. No, he put in Brody Hoddick <laughs> there as well. So, what do you reckon, Hoddy? He's got you down. Bloody hell. He's a top I, five in all positions. Look, it's a huge honour. Um, it's an amazing feeling to sit here and talk to you all, being um, being voted into a top five. Like These are the best men on the planet Elite. at American football. They are extreme athletes, very smart, high IQs to make it at the top level. So just to be mentioned in the same conversation as these men, it's it's an honour and a privilege. And and some may say I am a utility. Mm-hmm. Well, some may say that you're a uh, the Swiss Army knife of the league. Or some may say you're a jack of all trades. Mm, I like where this is going. Some may say <laughs> I'm a man of all work. <laughs> some may say a bit of a handy man. And some may definitely say you're a worker and a tinker. So what I'm picking up here, boys, is some may say I am God. 
Oh. Over in the net. 